Hey everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. Also, I want to tell you that there's several different venues that you'll be able to get the message in the entirety if you'd like. They're either by podcast or either going to pottershope.com where you'll also be able to listen and watch uh, for any of those times. But also, I want to encourage you to be with us in person, 8.30 Central Time at Exit 124, right there at White Mills and the Eastview Exit right off the Western Kentucky Parkway. And then also on campus, Sunday mornings here at 135 Commerce Drive uh, at 10.30. Also, our Wednesday night services at 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. But anyway, God bless you. I hope this message just um, in this time of encouragement finds you doing awesome. Be encouraged and know that Jesus loves you. God bless. So the word of God says that uh, we shouldn't let Satan get an advantage over us. And that we should not be ignorant of his devices. Today the enemy is working overtime to pummel the minds of the saints. I've probably got five or six different things tonight that are tactics that he uses. If you have your Bible, you can go with me, 2 Corinthians 4. I might get through one or two of them. I'm going to hush when he tells me to hush, and that might be in 30 seconds. Second Corinthians 4 has been what has been foundational to me for a lot of years now. And you all have heard me quote this many times. The Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 4, in verse 1, by the way, in God's Word alive, boy, isn't it? The Word... The word of God says, therefore, seeing then we have this ministry, we faint not. Or it seems we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience, in the sight of God. Then the word says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Verse four, his first tactic. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Verse five, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus Christ's sake. Or for Jesus' sake. Six, for God, say for God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Our church, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Let's thank him for his word. Lord, I'm so thankful for your word tonight, God. I'm thankful for every soul you done brought into your house. I pray tonight, Lord, that we would speak with all clarity. 
God, that you would back up your word through the power of the Holy Spirit tonight. And God, through the words that are preached, I pray, God, that it touched, that it would touch, God, even the darkest points of our soul. And that, Lord, for those that are thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this, and I don't know, God, well, I'm gonna, tonight, Lord, you're going to shine that light. I believe it. Satan, you're a liar. You're a murderer. You're a thief from the beginning. You have no right, reign, or authority in this house or in any of God's people. We trust your word, Lord, tonight. Your Lord Jesus. Tonight, your word. Do what you do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So the word of God said that Satan has blinded the minds of those folks that are in this world. What does he blind them to? He blinds you to the truth. He blinds you to the truth, and he blinds the world to the truth. And what he's doing, <laughs> the one thing that we can see is this, is that he is out to do that. That when, when Paul was speaking before the council and he was speaking before the king, he revealed to them what he was set aside to do. And Jesus had spoke to him in such a way, and I'll paraphrase in the book of Acts 26, 27, somewhere in there, that God had commanded him and commended him to the work of opening the eyes of the blind. Those that were in spiritual darkness and those that the enemy had blinded their eyes to the truth. I'm thankful tonight that I know the truth. And I'm thankful tonight that we can declare the truth. And once we start believing the truth and not believing the lie is when we will begin to walk in victory. And when that happens is when your whole mentality changes. You start walking like a champion. You start thinking like a conqueror. And then what happens is that this victim mentality that loves to rest in us is cast out through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then we begin to see not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. That's when we really start seeing this. And so many times as Christians, we, we even forget. And I know it said the God that he blinds them that are in this world. But that's what happens to a Christian that when you get wrapped up in the world, he starts blinding you from the truth. And you start, if you will, you start traveling off or going off into the things. And, and those things that really don't matter a whole lot, if anything at all, to truly the kingdom of God. And all of this is, is by Satan himself. That when you look at Ezekiel 28 that you've heard me reference lately. Isaiah 14 in the Old Testament. That the word said that he was that anointed cherub. You've heard me talk about this lately. That all of the, even that he had all these shiny stones on him. His reflection, or excuse me, that they were beautiful. But without the light shining on them, they were as dull as they could be. It would be simply this. is having all of the diamonds that you can imagine. And or the rubies and the precious stones. But no light being on them and thus they would lose their luster what happened to Satan is what happens to so many preachers so many praise team people so many Christians is that they start looking at the light and they say look at what I am and the, the truth of the whole matter is this is that it's God's light shining on you and shining through you and Satan began to exalt himself in the very throne room of God if you will or around the anointed the anointed area around God 
And Isaiah 14 proves that very thing, that he came to the place that it was all about me. It was all about I. Look what I've done. Look what I can do. And the word said in Ezekiel 28 once again, that even as his voice, it was like he had this amazing, that even when he sang, Stephanie, that there was, it was like, if you will, I've heard people ascribe this before. Theologians say it was almost like a grand piano coming out even of his vocal cords and the most beautiful and the most magnificent sound that you can imagine. And this is usually when people begin to fall and people begin to fail when they say, look at me. Didn't John John the Baptist do it right? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He must increase. I must. There is the very thing. So Satan has blinded the minds of them that are in the world. And what has happened is that this is going on with many Christians. And as he looked at that, don't you know that he looked at himself and he must have said, look at me. No offense to your selfie. No offense to your good time, but this is going to make all of you mad. You know how I do. I generally try to do that at least once in every sermon. Have you ever thought about just putting your phone down or something else down and instead of taking a picture of the moment, just enjoying the moment? What an epiphany. We may miss something. Guess what? You're not Olin Mills. Some of you don't even know who that is. I do. I know who that is. Before there was selfies, there was Olin Mills. And there was bowl haircuts. And if any of y'all still got them, that's okay with me. But I'm just saying, I know my first grade picture. And when I look at this, Satan is doing this amazingly, amazingly well. And so we're falling into the trap. He's blinded the minds that are in the world. I'm telling you tonight, Christian, you cannot be of the world and be of the kingdom. You cannot drink of a holy cup and the cup of devils. You cannot intermingle those two things. Well, Brother Wayne, you're making it sound like that if I fail, I'm going straight to hell. No, if you fail, you have an advocate with the Father, and His name is Jesus Christ. Praise be to God. That if I fall down, that don't mean i got to stay down. That if you put me down, try to hold me down, you can't keep me down. Death one day will say, I got him. Death one day will say, I got her. But guess what? Death will have to answer to my resurrected King, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we'll be able to declare that death, hell, and the grave can have no hold on us. Why? Because Jesus Christ was the first fruits of the resurrection. And so shall we follow in like manner. Mm. Turn to somebody and say, God doesn't care how you look. Some of y'all afraid tonight to say that. There's a second part of this. It's this. We are concerned to how we look. God is concerned how we love. Everybody's so caught up in look. Well, if I were to tell you tonight that God looks at the inward man, there's no way that we can extract and and look at David and Goliath and say that God did not look on the outward. God, Lisha, looks on the inward. He looks at, listen, he looks at everything that can happen in the future, but he looks at who you are right now, and he knows that he can make you a champion if you will submit to his will and to his purpose. 
God does not look on the outside of things, and never should you. When you look on the outside of a marriage, the outside of addiction, and all of those things, when you see all of those, and listen, you all know I preach this all the time. When I look at the outside and think of what this is, but then I look on the inside and see who God is. Can I tell you and declare tonight that greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world and in the mirror? God is concerned how we love more than how we look. And we are blinded. He does a good job of it. He's good at it. He's so good at it. And we fall into his trap. (laughs) We fall into his trap. We fall into his trap. I got all kinds of scripture we're going to take. I'm going to point number two. Point number one is tactic. He wants to blind you. By the way, before I go on, I've got the answer. I don't want to give you tonight. I do not want to surrender to you to say that this is his tactic and not give you the answer. So what's the answer? In 2 Corinthians 4, 4, as I said, he's blinded the minds of them which believe not. In 2 Corinthians 4, 6, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Would you just open your mind up enough to let God begin to shine in and on to you? And give him just a little space. If you would, I'll guarantee you that you can walk out on one ray of holy light and walk out of that darkness, hallelujah, and come to him. Tonight, those of you who say, well, I got saved years ago. Then what in the world is going on with your mind? What is going on with your mind? He didn't just save your soul. He had to save your mind. And that's the part that we can't seem to grasp. When you... Have not, not just your heart, not just your soul giving your life to Jesus, but you've got to have a born-again mind that I don't think like I used to think. A born-again mouth, I don't talk like I used to talk. A born-again walk, I don't do and don't go where I used to go. Somebody said, well, that sounds like a bummer life. I'm going to tell you something right now. If you ain't, I wish something. I don't like wishing. I don't do wishing. Y'all stop me right there. I don't cast my pennies into a wishing well. Let me tell you what I hope. I hope one day that if you could feel, listen, I am thankful tonight for a God that I can feel that fills me up to the point of just as it said in the Old Testament that when that Shekinah glory comes so strong that I can't even stand, I begin to shake, I begin to quiver, I begin to squall. I just get to a place where I don't even know why is that. This can't contain that. And when you get to that point, that is a fullness of knowing that when he is filling you all up, there ain't no room for the devil to have any place in your life. God has commanded the light to shine out of the darkness. That in all the vacuity in Genesis 1, when you read that in all, when the whole world was that form and void, that there was no shape, there was nothing there. And you're thinking, man, my life don't look like anything. Hello. And it was void, meaning everything was sucked out of you. You felt as though you couldn't even breathe. And it's like that everything had just been pulled out. And then God said, let there be light. And guess what? There was light. 
I've watched it walk in here Sunday after Sunday. I've watched it come on a Wednesday. I've met it on the street. I've seen it that people say I literally feel so hopeless and so down. I've watched them even today break on gravel and start squalling and start crying and saying, I need God. I said, that's what I've been waiting for. Because when you get to that place and you desire Him more than you desire the life you're living, I thank God for the bottom. Can somebody say amen? I believe that. I get so passionate. And then I love watching, watching heaven, man, receive the call. It's just like a holy dispatch center when somebody said, I need help. And the Holy Ghost comes and the Holy Ghost begins to move. And I can always tell when he shows up because he breaks them down to where there's nothing left of them. To where God can come in and feel every aspect and every part of that. I never get tired of seeing that. What's hard for me is watch a bunch of Christians, so-called Christians, walk in the door and say, hurry. I love them too. I love y'all. This Wednesday night crowd, I say, preach on them, pastor. Where am I, pastor? I'm going to tell you something, man. You don't decide to do, you don't decide. You don't, you don't pick pastoring out of a hat, Jack. I think I'm going to be a pastor. You an idiot for thinking that. You don't say that I think I will because you will quit the first week that you pastor and, and it's the same thing as being a Christian. How many of y'all know your ministers? Seeing we have this ministry, we don't faint. We don't faint. People don't like me. Jesus loves you. You better get over that. You got to get over that. Please stay with me. What I'm telling you right now is that how many of you know that the Holy Ghost called your name and Jesus saved you? You going to back up on it? Are you going to finish? Three people. I'll take three. I'll take three because I remember the old song. Though none go with me, still I'm aimed to follow. Huh? You don't know what I'm going to. I'll tell you what. I done told you. I done told you. I used to do all this Answer. God has commanded the light. He's commanded the light to shine in the darkness. He's called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. You've heard me quote that two or three times lately. We are no longer darkness. We are light. That means I don't do dark things. I don't walk in dark things. I don't even want to think dark things. I want light. I bet I've been convicted 10,000 times in the last week. Did I sweep it under the rug? I said, Holy you didn't let me get over that last thing. Do you put this on me? And what does he do? Oh, Larry, when you talk to the Father and you spend that time with him and you're there in his presence and the Holy Spirit says, he's holy. And you're right there, man. You still feel his love and his caress. And he said, you're getting there. I'm preparing you. Don't quit, church. Don't quit. Satan blinds you. He's blinding you. 
He's blinding. Number two, turn your Bibles. One of my favorite pieces of Scripture, <laughs> along with 10,000 others. Luke 13, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. This is a demonstration. Remember, you're going to hear a word on this soon. I can break this Bible down, Larry. Now, I feel <laughs> I really can't, but it's all about demonstration in the Gospels, activation through the book of Acts. It's about maturation through the epistles and then the revelation of what's going to happen. And when I say that, we right here are seeing a demonstration of power and authority. Do you realize that when Jesus came, Dax, he came to demonstrate the power of God. Now, for probably the third or fourth week in a row, Shannon, I'm saying this, that I believe that as Jesus walked Luke, or excuse me, John 5 again, y'all hang out there, John 5, that when he's there, I believe they're saying, Father, which one? I believe he had a direct line to the Father. Please don't get spooky. Don't get crazy. Don't be careful. But when I'm telling you, when the Holy Spirit says pray with somebody, pray with them. Because I really doubt if that's the devil. Well, I just didn't know if that was God. Well, I know if God wanted me to tell them that he loved them. But you get on Facebook and you tell, I better watch it right there. I'm going to stop. So the word of God says, number two, number two, the enemy wants to bind. And this shows us the power he has. I'm going to need to read most of this. The word of God says in Luke 13 in verse 10, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. This is one of the most vivid pictures that I have of the gospel being presented in my mind. We got a lady that's come into the synagogue. She's there on the Sabbath, meaning that she's a Jew. She got religion and she ain't got a clue who Jesus is. And behold, this woman woman come she's had a spirit of infirmity I've said it before I believe she's bent over I believe she's like this according to scripture she's had this a long time and notice what it says that I love bringing out every time I preach it that in all wise because she the word says lift up herself I tell you what I believe that the throne room loves to hear from us I can't do it on my own I believe the throne room rejoices, Lacey. The word said here that in no way could she lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to himself, called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. Think of that. And said unto the people, there are six days in which men ought to work. And he's, what he's saying is this. He said, Jesus, you had six days to show off. But you picked the Sabbath day. Can I declare tonight that Jesus Christ is Lord of the Sabbath? That he's ready to heal you any and every day of the week? That the only thing holding you back and holding so many other people back is your religion. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, we find out here that as he's doing that, man, they're already mad. And they said unto the people, or he said unto the people, said, There are six days in which men ought to work, and therefore come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord then answered him and said, You hypocrite. 
He says, does not each one of you on the Sabbath, do you not loose your ox or your ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, declaring she was a Jew, and so whom Satan hath bound low these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? Not only does Satan have the power to blind you, but he has the power to bind you. And what this amounts to is this, is that you'll get to a place where you can't do it on, the own, on your own. And I, I, I've really been pondering this a lot because I really see demonic influence so strong. And I'm seeing demonic witchcraft and rebellion so strong in the church today that I don't even, it just, it's unbelievable. It's really unbelievable, the spell casting and the different things and the murmuring and the complaining and people talking. It's unbelievable. This church, you be the judge of it. I'm not saying I hear it so much. But I'll tell you this, what you speak into the ears of men, God hears too. Okay? So before you start tearing down your brother or your sister, hey, if this fits, wear it. If it don't, leave it alone. But before you start talking about and tearing down somebody, you better stop and remember that God hears you. Okay. So he's saying this, that, that Satan hath bound this woman for 18 years. Amy, you'll have to come up here and help me again. I do this every time, and I can't keep from preaching it out this way because this is what happens with it. And, and I, I've preached this a bunch of times. I just can't keep from doing it any other way. So here's the thing. Come on up here, sweet lady. Amy has been this lady I don't know how many times. <laughs> but every time she gets healed. <laughs> so what happens is this. Here she is. Now you imagine she walks in and the thing is, Jesus recognized everybody said, oh, that's her. She's here all the time. She got that going on, but not Jesus. Jesus said, today's your day, gal. Huh? And this is what happens is that here you are. And, you know, I don't know whether it's shame, it's guilt, or whatever it is that keeps you from looking people in the eye. But Jesus is your answer. He called her to him. And listen, man, he spoke it, boy. Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. And I believe that immediately... You do really good at that. See, you you just know. <laughs> what? Lots of practice. Yeah. So today, how many people do you see? Don't play like y'all ain't in here with me. Oh. And much of it is understandable. Because so many today are packing a weight that they need to give to him. I believe what he did. I love this part, Amy. I believe that when he said it, she wasn't the only one that heard it. Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. And I believe, man, it resonated in that synagogue. And immediately, listen, her eyes got off of her steps and on him. And see, when you get your eyes on Jesus, your whole perspective changes. What was the problem? The word says she was bent over. It was what's behind her. My favorite part. 
for most Christians that I see crippled in their mind, that you hear me preach on a lot, most of what will cripple the Christian is what they have did, that they've asked God to forgive them, and they don't believe he's big enough to do it. Turn to somebody and say, that's behind me. Five of you. Get it. Because listen, what's behind you is already paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. And you're not going to walk in victory until you get to this place. And can y'all thank God for she got healed again. Thank you, Jim. I see him. I can't look you in the eye. You don't know what I was doing. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what's behind me. And that's exactly what it's behind you in the name of Jesus. You are loosed from the infirmity, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whether it's spiritual, whatever that it is. He has the power to conquer anything and everything that is on you. And Satan, what I see, and I'll tell you this. Don't you know it doesn't record. I, can't, I don't know where it's at. Like, I don't think it records anything else about this lady that I'm aware of. About saying this very thing. What I'm talking about as far as anything further. When it says this, here's the thing. How many of you believe she followed him? I'm going to tell you this. How many of you has he set free and now you're following him? Whew. Let me just say it this way. Therefore, who the Son has made free, you are free indeed. Praise be to God. So then what's the answer? The Word of God says this, that when even though Satan had bound her, when Jesus saw her, Jesus sees you. He sees you, man. He sees right where you are. And he will deliver. Satan's tactics really haven't changed that much. He wants to blind you. He wants to bind you. I'm not trying to make this cute by getting words that rhyme or start with a B. But my next one will start with a B too. Not only does he want to blind you and bind you, but he wants to betray you. He is the ultimate betrayer. The ultimate betrayer. The word of God says in Genesis 3, 1, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of the tree. We know the story. It was all about betrayal. Did God really say that? And how many times do we question? God, did you really tell me? Yes, he told you you could be free. Yes, he told you. The Spirit gave witness that you were born again. You know, right now, of course, those this would be the Day of Atonement. People would be celebrating this at this very time. Right now, Yom Kippur, it'd be the sixth out of the seven feasts of the Lord. You know, we'd be talking about this thing. And today is still the Day of Atonement, meaning that the price has been paid. The blood of Jesus has been shed for every man. Every woman and every child, regardless of color, creed, or anything else. Don't look at me and tell me that God, that God can't save them. Don't tell me that I believe God going to save the Muslims. I believe that. It doesn't matter. I believe that He can. I believe they got to hear the truth. And the truth, I'm talking about a holy truth. The real truth, that's the only kind there is. 
The answer to that, the Lord said unto the servant, because you've done this, he said, you're going to be, he basically said, you're going to be crawling on your belly the rest of the time. You know the story right here. Then he speaks the prophetical or the prophecy there in Genesis 3.15 about Eve's seed's going to crush his head. It'll bruise his heel, which it did. Jesus Christ was bruised at Calvary. To Satan, he thought it was a mortal wound until God raised his son from the dead. Praise be to God. Satan wants to betray you. What was he really after? I'm not saying to Satan there's no proof that he's all-knowing. He just knows man. He knows man. I won't be much longer. He knows man. And in the midst of this, that is, is, I've pondered this. I thought, you know, really what is coming between, I don't know that he was all-knowing in this. He, he, he ultimately wanted them to worship him, to betray them and all of this. But look what he's doing to come between the man and the woman. Because the next thing after betrayal will be the blame that will be found. Satan today is wanting to betray the marriage covenant any way that he can. Satan's wanting to write his own words and, and things and, and, and bring people to a point of believing that it's not about one man and one woman. That it can be anything else. When you open that door, you better look out. And Satan comes against that. Could it have been because he knew? I don't think so, but that the holy seed, that Jesus Christ would come. Hmm. What can I give you here is the answer is this, is that God had put the curse on him, and we must do the same. The one thing that we can take from Eve is Eve is never set up a dialogue with the devil. Somebody's like, I'd never do that. You'd probably do it every day. I can't believe you just said that. How many times have you doubted this week about something? And when doubt sets up in your mind, what you begin to do is that he's the master of doubt. How many of you have ever struggled with, with the enemy coming against you after you were born again, the enemy trying to get you to doubt that you were? Okay, probably the majority. Probably the majority. When you set up a dialogue with the devil, can I tell you how to do it? Say, shut up and get behind me. In the name of Jesus. He got two places to be, behind me or under my foot. Period. Period. I've said this before. I said it and I found it is so true in my life and I found it out more in my spiritual life that years ago I was walking home from my, my girlfriend's house, which is Amy, my wife now. I was walking home, and I, this is how Satan did me for years. It was always what was behind me that was going to get me ties together here. I'll never forget that I was walking home from her house. And uh, as I'm walking down the road, Heath, I'm walking down through there, and, and I hear a dog bark, but it wasn't it wasn't a chihuahua bark. It had some bass and baritone in it. Ooh, you know, one of them kind of things. And I listened, and I thought, that sounds closer. And I didn't hear no chain rattling. <laughs> and I was walking, before I knew it, I heard that bark getting closer and closer. And then somehow, there was some kind of a little dog chiming in. And I thought, he calling all his buddies to eat me up. I'm running down the road. I, I'm, well, before I'm running down the road, I hear it, and then directly you hear those, those toenails hitting the, yeah. And they gaining ground. Well, I took it. I could run faster than I can run now. 
But I run it with all I had. I'll never forget it. I run it, and they's gaining on me. I finally thought, they're going to eat me up. And then finally I thought, what am I going to do? Finally, I just stopped. I locked it up, and I turned around, and I said, get out of here. They just walked off. What's that got to do with anything? You got to face what's chasing you. And you have the power in you. Be prepared to fight. Because what happens today is that so many people keep running and they never face what's chasing them. Wow. What do you mean what's chasing me? What is it that you wake up with every morning other than him that wants you and wants your attention? Almost done. Almost done. The next thing that Satan wants to do is he wants to belittle you. He's good at it. He's good at it. When you start serving the Lord, he wants to tell you every time you fail, it's like he ain't like a Holy Ghost. He, he wants to tell you, yep, you, you did that. Yep, you really failed. Look at you. Look at you, Christian. Look at you. Look at you. And he's good at it. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food. She'd done all those things. She'd seen that. And the eyes of them both were open. And they knew that they were naked. And the word said that they sewed those fig leaves together. And they made themselves aprons. And what happened is that the belittlement that came with that, they were ashamed. They were guilty. Every piece of that. And Satan loves to heap shame and guilt on a Christian. I hear it at least twice every week that he wants to belittle and he wants to beat you down the word of God says also and Paul uses this that when Paul was buffeted in his flesh by the thorn in his flesh he said Satan has used this to buffet me the word buffet it's a word that that when you it ties to this very thought that when you use it it means to, uh, to, to rap with a fist like to just continually punch just continue to, continually hit it also means to dwarf, to punish, or actually to be like a bully that just cowers over you. And he's good at that. He does all of these things, and these are his, his tactics to render you and I as ineffective as possible. And he'll keep doing it as long as you let him. The key tonight is opening your eyes to the truth. I had somebody press me hard this week. Press me hard. I want to know what you think. 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 I said, I ain't telling you. I want to know what you think. I want to know. I'm going to do that because that's what everybody else is giving you. I'm going to tell you what I know. And I'm going to be done. Period. If I don't sit well with you, that's on you. It ain't going to be on me. I saved not knowing anything save Jesus Christ and him crucified. There's so much going on in this world that everybody's saying, well, what do you think? Guys, you all know what I'm talking about. This ain't, listen, this, this, this big elephant's in the room. I, I, I make it clear. I'm going to tell you right now, man, it's tired. Right, it's time to quit telling what we think and start preaching what we know. Because we're so wrapped up. I can tell you, boy, all night long, I can tell you what I know about him. He just, 
Boy, save my soul. Change me. Save my wife. Save my kids. Save my kin. I'm going to save Siler. That's what I believe. Tonight, as I get ready to close, Jake, will you come? Will you pedal for me? You need to open your eyes to the truth. I forget what the ratio was, was this, and, and Big Dave, it was something. I forget what one of those scholars said as, as they were tutoring the younger preacher. He said, if you're going to spend an hour before people, you need to spend 40 hours with God. The ratio was incredible. Stephen said it the other night, and Heather, he, he said this. You know, we were talking about opinions, and, and there's a lot of that going on, right? Aren't you thankful today that this is not a book of opinions? That it's not slighted, it's not tainted by how I feel or how I think. It's by who he is. And as I begin to ponder all of this, and I'm thinking about all of these things and hanging on to what is sure and what is true. keep telling y'all there's messages coming and it's things that I ponder that, that stay in the crock pot of my soul if you will and they simmer a good long time without having to know how to say it any better but brother David the thing is I've been pondering a long a long while about the things that the church needs to understand in a time of siege in a time of war one of the things Christians that you and I have to guard is our mouth because we speak and have the power to speak life and death. I read this. This is a statistic tying all this together. Because, Jenny, with that, we have the authority and, and, and the, the authority to be able to claim the promises of God. When we speak that word, Satan has to listen. Or he has to go. So I think that this was unbelievable to me. And, and, uh, but it said that we, we can speak as many as, I didn't realize this, it was an un, incredible amount of words a day. I don't know, or, or like whatever the time frame was, like 9 million. For instance, 9 million words was there. And whatever that length of time was that we spoke 9 million words, for some of you, I'd say you get it done by 10. And there, by 10. I don't know. But out of those 9 million words, they have statistically proven that 6 million of those were about us, about me. Wow. Can you imagine how quick? I don't know that I say that many words, but I think 50 million words. But could you imagine that if we use these words to edify God and to encourage others? So tonight, open your eyes. Jesus said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. When he tries to buffet, when he tries to betray, when he tries to belittle, and I won't get into blame and other ones, but anyway. Tonight, I, I want you, and even those folks that are online tonight, I, I want you to understand, and we need to understand the power that we have in him. I'm going to give you this to take with you. 
And we'll have a time of prayer here tonight because some of you may need to share some things up with God. The Holy Spirit's been so precious here tonight. Have you ever found that there's some things in your life you just cannot turn off? Like your mind just won't stop. What if I told you tonight I had the answer? Would you listen? How many of you would listen? I've got the answer. Don't turn it on. Is it that simple? Yes. Yes. I just can't turn it off. Don't turn it on. When people come to you and they start poking and prodding and pushing, don't turn it on. I said it all years ago. I found it out really quick. Listen, it's hard for them to push a button if you ain't got one. Years ago. It's hard for them to open your mind's door if you don't give them the key. I'm going to encourage somebody to turn it off. Don't ever turn it on. Satan is always wanting to fight. And it's for the wrong thing. I'm not talking about, I'm, I'm not talking about some of this stuff that you trouble with. I'm not talking about necessarily the back end. I'm not talking about some of these things. I'm talking about anything. Don't turn it on. I'm done. We need Holy Ghost power in these last days. Holy Ghost power. More than a religious, ritualistic, come to church, do my deal, go home. We need Him. Tonight, how many of you are ready for a time of refreshing? How many of you are ready for more of Him? And guess what? We have not because we ask not. He'll keep binding you. He'll keep blinding you. He'll keep buffeting you. He'll keep doing all these things. And by the way, when He buffeted Paul, Paul said, In my weakness, then am I made strong. He'll keep doing it. He'll keep playing you as the puppet as long as you let him be that. As long as you keep letting things be attached to strings be there, he'll keep doing what he's doing. Cut the strings. And be led of the Holy Ghost of God. I'm ready. How many of y'all ready to go to heaven? Oh, I'm so ready. But how many of you will pray with me tonight around this altar and say, one more, Lord? One more? Two more? How many of you will knock on a door? I have no trouble with cold calls. But how many of you say, one more, Lord? Lord, don't just save my kids. Save their kids. Don't just save his husband or his wife or her husband. Save all the husbands. Will y'all believe with me for one more? Because I've got to tell you, I've never had an urgency like I have right now. So we're going to pray. We're going to pray. This is my Wednesday night prayer meeting group. Those folks online too. I want you to gather into there at your couch or wherever you may be. And I want you to pray with us. And let's pray one more, Lord.
One more. Will you join me tonight at this altar? Will you? Come on up. Let's pray together. If you're here tonight and you're lost, if you're here tonight and you need Jesus, come give your life to him. If you're thinking, man, I'm here. I know I'm here. I know God did it for a reason. Yeah. Let's pray tonight. Let's pray. Let's spend some time with him. If you need to give your life to him, come on. Give it to him. Give it to him. He's ready. Hey, everybody, just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged. And remember, Jesus is king. Thank you.